Section 8 of Hinduism and Buddhism, an Historical Sketch, Volume 1. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Hinduism and Buddhism, an Historical Sketch, Volume 1, by Charles Eliot. Later Forms of Hinduism. In the 8th and ninth centuries, this degenerate Buddhism was exposed to the attacks of the great Hindu champions Kumarila and Sankara, though it probably endured little persecution in our sense of the word. Both of them were smartas or traditionalists, and labored in the cause not of Vishnuism or Sivaism, but of the ancient Brahmanic religion, amplified by many changes which the ages had brought but holding up as the religious ideal a manhood occupied with ritual observances followed by an old age devoted to philosophy sankara was the greater of the two and would have a higher place among the famous names of the world had not his respect for tradition prevented him from asserting the originality which he undoubtedly possessed yet many remarkable features of his life-work both practical and intellectual are due to imitation of the buddhists and illustrate the dictum that buddhism did not disappear from india until hinduism had absorbed from it all the good that it had to offer footnote twenty five in india proper there are hardly any buddhists now the kumbhipathyas an anti-Brahmanic sect in Orissa, are said to be based on Buddhist doctrines and a Buddhist mission in Mysore, called the Sakya Buddhist Society, has met with some success. See Census of India, 1911, I, pages 122 and 126. End footnote. Sankara took Buddhist institutions as his model in rearranging the ascetic orders of Hinduism, and his philosophy, a rigorously consistent pantheism which ascribed all apparent multiplicity and difference to illusion, is indebted to Mahayanist speculation. It is remarkable that his opponents stigmatized him as a Buddhist in disguise, and his system though it is one of the most influential lines of thought among educated hindus is anathematized by some theistic sects footnote twenty six see the quotation in shomeris der saiva sitanta page twenty where a saiva hindu says that he would rather see india embrace christianity than the doctrine of sankara End footnote sankara was a native of southern india it is not easy to combine in one picture the progress of thought in the north and south and for the earlier centuries our information as to the dravidian countries is meagre yet they cannot be omitted for their influence on the whole of india was great greeks kushans huns and mohammedans penetrated into the north but until after the fall of vijayanagar in fifteen sixty five no invader professing a foreign religion entered the country of the tamils 
left in peace they elaborated their own version of current theological problems and the result spread over india buddhism and jainism also flourished in the south the former was introduced under asoka but apparently ceased to be the dominant religion if it ever was so in the early centuries of our era still even in the eleventh century monasteries were built in misor jainism had a distinguished but checkered career in the south it was powerful in the seventh century but subsequently endured considerable persecution it still exists and possesses remarkable monuments at sravana belgola and elsewhere but the characteristic form of dravidian religion is an emotional theism running in the parallel channels of vishnuism and sivaism and accompanied by humbler but vigorous popular superstitions which reveal the origin of its special temperament for the frenzied ecstasies of devil dancers to use a current though inaccurate phrase are a primitive expression of the same sentiment which sees in the whole world the exulting energy and rhythmic force of siva and though the most rigid brahmanism still flourishes in the madras presidency there is audible in the dravidian hymns a distinct note of anti-sacerdotalism and of belief that every man by his own efforts can come into immediate contact with the great being whom he worships the vishnuism and sivaism of the south go back to the early centuries of our era but the chronology is difficult in both there is a line of poet saints followed by philosophers and teachers and in both a considerable collection of tamil hymns esteemed as equivalent to the veda perhaps sivaism was dominant first and vishnuism somewhat later but at no epoch did either extinguish the other it was the object of sankara to bring these valuable but dangerous forces as well as much buddhist doctrine and practice into harmony with brahmanism islam first entered india in seven twelve but it was some time before it passed beyond the frontier provinces and for many centuries it was too hostile and aggressive to invite imitation but the spectacle of a strong community pledged to the worship of a single personal god produced an effect in the period extending from the eighth to the twelfth centuries in which buddhism practically disappeared and islam came to the front as a formidable though not irresistible antagonist the dominant form of hinduism was that which finds expression in the older puranas in the temples of orissa and kajarao and the kailasa at elora it is the worship of one god either siva or vishnu but a monotheism adorned with a luxuriant mythology and delighting in the manifold shapes which the one deity assumes it freely used the terminology of the sankhya but the first place in philosophy belonged to the severe pantheism of sankara which in contrast to this riotous exuberance of legend and sculpture sees the highest truth in one being to whom no epithets can be applied in the next epoch say the twelfth to the seventeenth centuries 
Indian thought clearly hankers after theism in the Western sense, and yet never completely acquiesces in it. Mythology, if still rampant according to our taste, at least becomes subsidiary and more detachable from the supreme deity, and this deity, if less anthropomorphic than Allah or Jehovah, is still a being who loves and helps souls, and these souls are explained in varying formulae as being identical with him and yet distinct. It can hardly be by chance that, as the Hindus became more familiar with Islam, their sects grew more definite in doctrine and organization, especially among the Vishnuites, who showed a greater disposition to form sects than the Sivaites, partly because the incarnations of Vishnu offer an obvious ground for diversity. About 1100 A.D., the first great Vaishnava sect was founded by Ramanuja. Footnote 27. Some think that the sect called Nimavats was earlier. End footnote. He was a native of the Madras country and claimed to be the spiritual descendant of the early Tamil saints. In doctrine, he expressly accepted the views of the ancient Bhagavatas, which had been condemned by Sankara and he affirmed the existence of one personal deity commonly spoken of as narayana or vasudeva from the time of sankara onwards nearly all hindu theologians of the first rank expounded their views by writing a commentary on the brahma sutras an authoritative but singularly enigmatic digest of the upanishads Sankara's doctrine may be summarized as absolute monism, which holds that nothing really exists but Brahman, and that Brahman is identical with the soul. All apparent plurality is due to illusion. He draws a distinction between the lower and higher Brahman, which perhaps may be rendered by God and the Godhead. In the same sense in which individual souls and matter exist, a personal God also exists, but the higher truth is that individuality, personality, and matter are all illusion. But the teaching of Ramanuja rejects the doctrines that the world is an illusion and that there is a distinction between the lower and higher Brahman, and it affirms that the soul, though of the same substance as God, and emitted from him rather than created, can obtain bliss not in absorption but in existence near him it is round these problems that hindu theology turns the innumerable solutions lack neither boldness nor variety but they all try to satisfy both the philosopher and the saint and none achieve both tasks the system of sankara is a masterpiece of intellect despite his disparagement of reasoning in theology and could inspire a fine piety, as when on his deathbed he asked forgiveness for having frequented temples, since by so doing he had seemed to deny that God is everywhere. But piety of this kind is unfavorable to public worship, and even to those religious experiences in which the soul seems to have direct contact with God in return for its tribute of faith and love. In fact, 
the advaita philosophy countenances emotional theism only as an imperfect creed and not as the highest truth but the existence of all sects and priesthoods depends on their power to satisfy the religious instinct with ceremonial or some better method of putting the soul in communication with the divine on the other hand pantheism in india is not a philosophical speculation it is a habit of mind it is not enough for the hindu that his god is lord of all things he must be all things and the soul in its endeavor to reach god must obtain deliverance from the fetters not only of matter but of individuality hence hindu theology is in a perpetual oscillation illustrated by the discrepant statements found side by side in the bhagavad-gita and other works indian temperament and indian logic want a pantheistic god and a soul which can transcend personality but religious thought and practice imply personality both in the soul and in god all varieties of vishnuism show an effort to reconcile these double aspirations and theories the theistic view is popular for without it what would become of temples worshippers and priests but i think that the pantheistic view is the real basis of indian religious thought the qualified monism of ramanuja as his system is sometimes called led to more uncompromising treatment of the question and to the affirmation of dualism not the dualism of god and the devil but the distinctness of the soul and of matter from god this is the doctrine of madhva another southern teacher who lived about a century after ramanuja and was perhaps directly influenced by islam but though the logical outcome of his teaching may appear to be simple theism analogous to islam or judaism it does not in practice lead to this result but rather to the worship of krishna madhva's sect is still important but even more important is another branch of the spiritual family of ramanuja starting from ramanand who probably flourished in the fourteenth century footnote the determination of his precise date offers some difficulties see for further discussion book five End footnote. ramanuja while in some ways accepting innovations insisted on the strict observance of caste ramanand abandoned this separated from his sect and removed to benares his teaching marks a turning point in the history of modern hinduism firstly he held that caste need not prevent a man from rightly worshipping god and he admitted even moslems as members of his community to this liberality are directly traceable the numerous sects combining hindu with mohammedan doctrines among which the kabir panthis and the sikhs are the most conspicuous but it is a singular testimony to the tenacity of hindu ideas that though many teachers holding most diverse opinions have declared there is no caste before god yet caste has generally reasserted itself among their followers as a social if not as a religious institution the second important point in ramanand's teaching 
was the use of the vernacular for religious literature dravidian scriptures had already been recognized in the south but it is from this time that there begins to flow in the north that great stream of sacred poetry in hindi and bengali which waters the roots of modern popular hinduism among many eminent names which have contributed to it the greatest is tulsi das who retold the ramayana in hindi and thus wrote a poem which is little less than a bible for millions in the ganges valley the sects which derive from the teaching of ramanand mostly worship the supreme being under the name of rama even more numerous especially in the north are those who use the name of krishna the other great incarnation of vishnu this worship was organized and extended by the preaching of vallabha and kaitanya circa fifteen hundred in the valley of the ganges and bengal but was not new i shall discuss in some detail below the many elements combined in the complex figure of krishna but in one way or another he was connected with the earliest forms of vishnuite monotheism and is the chief figure in the bhagavad-gita its earliest textbook legend connects him partly with mutra and partly with western india but though by no means ignored in southern india he does not receive there such definite and exclusive adoration as in the north the krishnaite sects are emotional and their favorite doctrine that the relation between god and the soul is typified by passionate love has led to dubious moral results the krishnaite propaganda which coincided with the reformation in europe was the last great religious movement in india since that time there has been considerable activity of a minor kind protests have been raised against abuses and existing communities have undergone changes such as may be seen in the growth of the sikhs but there has been no general or original movement the absence of such can be easily explained by the persecutions of aurungzeb and by the invasions and internal struggles of the eighteenth century at the end of that century hinduism was at its lowest but its productive power was not destroyed the decennial census never fails to record the rise of new sects and the sudden growth of others which had been obscure and minute any historical treatment of hinduism inevitably makes vishnuism seem more prominent than other sects for it offers more events to record but though sivaism has undergone fewer changes and produced fewer great names it must not be thought of as lifeless or decadent the lingam is worshipped all over india and many of the most celebrated shrines such as benares and bhubaneshwar are dedicated to the lord of life and death the sivaism of the tamil country is one of the most energetic and progressive forms of modern hinduism but in doctrine it hardly varies from the ancient standard of the tiruvakagam end of section eight Recording by Linda Johnson, 